Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Yeah, could I have a number three with cheese and uh, a large coffee? Man, does this smell good. Wolfen down your lunch. <laughs> Serving up today's top sports stories with Wolf and Luke. Hey boy. Presented by Stadium Swim at Circa Resort and Casino, Las Vegas' ultimate sports fan destination. All right, it is noon on a very eventful Tuesday. Time for Wolf and Down Your Lunch. Aaron Maloney is here. Aaron? So according to reports, billionaire mortgage lender and former Michigan State basketball player Matt Ishbia is finalizing a purchase of the Phoenix Suns and Phoenix Mercury from Robert Sarber. The sale will reportedly be in the neighborhood of $4 billion. So you guys have been talking about this story all throughout today since it broke. So my question is, what is the one thing that you want to hear from Ishbia once he's formally introduced as a Sons of Mercury owner? Well, I think, I mean, for me, it's just something about wanting to win, how it's not just an investment to you. You know what I mean? And look, you can buy a team and it can be an investment. That's it's your money. You can do whatever you want with it. But I really hope, and I'm encouraged by the fact that he played college basketball, and basketball's a big thing to him. Jason Richardson was tweeting out that he was his teammate in college, the former son, uh, although he calls him Ish, too. So now you have Ish Wainwright. They call him at Ishbia Ish, and they obviously used to have Ish Smith, too. I want to hear something about how it's more than just an investment. He wants to win a championship. Now, he can say that. he got to show it, but that's what I want to hear. Yeah, I was thinking along the same lines, but not... The Suns are a very good team now, but I think... Hearing, but like he you want him to go be, out and get Kevin Durant, right? Right. Yeah, I want him. I want him to be willing to. Yeah. Yeah. I want him to say that he wants the Suns to be a relevant NBA power for years to come, not just this flash while they have this roster. I want him to say that he's committed to them being, you know, one of the top teams in the West. Yeah. For years to come, there's not going to be these lulls that he'll spend money if he has yeah. to because he has it. The Phoenix Suns beat the Lakers last night 130-104 behind a season-high 28 points from Chris Paul. So did CP3 feel like he needed to step up as a scorer with Booker out? I knew he was out without Book. You know what I mean? So, I mean, I had a guy on my team just scored 58 last game. You know, you think I'm going to do <laughs> You know what I mean? So, um, you know, it's a balance. You know, trying to figure out when to be aggressive, when to find other guys. But my natural instinct is to find under other guys because I know I can get a shot whenever. But uh, just trying to figure out that balance. What did you think of the performance of Chris Paul last night? Has it made you feel like maybe CP3 is back? It was definitely the best thing from that game. I mean, typically you beat the Lakers by 26. Just the result is the best part. But uh, Chris Paul... I- I don't know. I, there's there's a range, I guess, with Suns fans. Some of them think everything's fine. Some think that he's done. Uh, I would say I was more towards the middle. But if Chris Paul's just good, they're not going to win a title. You know what I mean? If Chris Paul looks the way he did last night, they are a legitimate title contender. So uh, to me, by far the biggest thing to come out of that game. Yeah, and like he said, he can get his shot whenever, and I believe that. Like if he needs to get, like we were talking earlier, get to that elbow where he can hit the little pull-up jumper, He can almost do that every time, and I think it was good to see him actually being aggressive because he's such a distributor first, but sometimes they're going to need him to just take over a game and and be able to score 30 like that, so it was good to see that he still has that in his back pocket. So our Sanderson Ford poll question is up now at ArizonaSports.com, and it asks, the Suns have two home games left in 2022 versus the Wizards and the Grizzlies. 
So what will their record be in those games? Your choices are 2-0, 1-1, or 0-2. It's so hard in the NBA today because you don't know who's going to play in those exactly. games. I mean, conventional wisdom, I guess that's the only way to, to analyze this, right? Okay, they should beat Washington. They're on a three-game winning streak. They're at home. So I'm going to assume beat Washington. And so then it's against a very good Memphis team. I would take the Suns at home. But now if a bunch of players don't play on Memphis, obviously it's a free win. If if, if Booker doesn't come back, if DeAndre Ayton has to miss another game or something, he, I know he was back last night, but if he missed, who knows? But I would say 2-0. Yeah, I'd like to say 2-0 as well, but the biggest thing is, yeah, who plays? I mean, Book nursing, a gro- most likely he probably wouldn't play either one of them. Um, but, it, I mean, they still have the depth and everything, and being at home, they're such a good home team that I think you'd have to say they win both games. So 58% say 2-0, 39% say 1-1, 4% say 0-2. The defending Super Bowl champions are officially eliminated from playoff contention as the Packers beat the Rams last night on Monday Night Football 24-12. Here's Sean McVay. Well, it's, I mean, this has been a real struggle in a lot of instances, a lot of adversity that we've gone through, but I think what we've seen from our guys, Sarah, is they're going to continue to battle. They're going to finish up these last three games the right way uh, with the right mindset and mentality, and we'll compete to the best of our ability, and um, that's all I know how to do, and I, I trust that that's exactly what we'll do collectively as a group. Are you surprised by what the Rams have put out on the field this season. Yeah, 100%. I, I know that the thought is, well, they, they mortgaged their future to win the Super Bowl last year, and it's worth it. And, and it is. You won the Super Bowl. But the future, I thought, was going to be like 2025, 26, not the very next year. They are at the very bottom of the standings, whether they're 4-10, tied with the Cardinals. Think about it. The defending Super Bowl champs are tied with the Cardinals for how bad the season has been for the Cardinals. They're one game ahead of the Bears. The only two Two teams worse than the Rams are the Bears and the Texans. I would not have thought that this year ever. No, not at all. Especially because they returned so many guys off that roster. And obviously, they've been decimated by injuries. But even when they were healthy, they weren't playing well. They went from a team that had such an offensive explosion last year and led them all the way to the Super Bowl to struggling to score points a lot of times. And as a Lions fan, I'm kind of excited because that pick (laughs) is going to be pretty fantastic. You're loving it. Yeah, what are they going to They can't... Are they going quarterback? Are the Lions going quarterback? I wouldn't think. I mean, I don't know. It's hard to tell because I thought they were going to have two top ten picks, but since they've gone (laughs) six and one over their last seven, it's how do you like MCDC though? Do you buy his crying? Do you like it? Do you find it corny? They, yeah, I mean, yeah. you're on a run here. I, I think you ha- you have to buy it. Yeah, it's, I mean, I'm buying all the line stock I can just because it's been so long since they've had anything like this. I talked to somebody randomly in the NFL earlier in the season, and they were like, the Rams, you don't realize how much they're going to miss Andrew Whitworth and Odell Beckham. And that person is, you know, a, a, involved in coaching around the league. They obviously know a lot more about football than I do. And I was like, okay, that makes sense. But I didn't think that meant they were going to fall right off the face of 100%, the 100%, yeah just to not be able to protect Staff. And then there was that thing with Stafford going in, like he might not even be healthy, and now you see the laundry list of entries he's played through that they're wondering, like, is this the beginning of the end? It's crazy the amount of teams, we can look at this later, the teams in the, that are going to pick in the top ten and even in the top five that it's not the team that's there. They traded the pick away. It's so like Philadelphia is going to have a top ten pick this year. And, and are probably the 
betting favorite or one of them to win the Super yeah. Bowl, which is, you never see that. You and know? De- like you said, Detroit, they could be a playoff team. They may pick second. Yeah. Seattle is going to be a playoff team. If Detroit isn't, they're going to pick right up there, too. <laughs> All right, that was Wolf and Down Your Lunch. Thank you, Aaron. When we come back, what does Lorenzo Alexander think should be the Cardinals' focus over their last three games? We're going to ask the 15-year NFL vet in the lowdown. Next, it's Wolf and Luke with Josh Colmenter in for Wolf on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. 23 years in the National Football League, and I can tell you this. There is nobody that I admire and respect more than Lorenzo Alexander. He's one of those guys, he's like a lunch bell guy. That blue collar appeal to coming to work. He's going to outwork you every single play. 15-year NFL veteran Lorenzo Alexander joins Wolf and Luke to give us the lowdown on the Cardinals and the NFL. Brought to you by your Valley Chevy dealers. See your Valley Chevy dealers for the ultimate lineup. Oh, baby, what a hit by Lorenzo Alexander. Yeah, it is time for the lowdown. You know what the music means. Lorenzo Alexander joining us here in studio for the next hour. We got Josh Colmenter in for Wolf. And uh, so, since you're here, I'm assuming, what happened to your bid to buy the Suns? Just, uh... Yeah, it's above my pay grade. Uh, <laughs> Didn't play long enough and play the wrong position. Had to, you got to be at least a quarterback to get that being a... Think about being in that type of uh, financial group. Yeah, I guess if Patrick Mahomes took all the money he makes. Uh, even that... Well, he would have to be a part of a group. Yeah. But for you to be a part of a group, you got to have part of a group type money, which I don't even have. Yeah. And, and you, yeah, I can't even be a part of a group that's part of a group. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. So, Zoe, you, um, the, the Denver game on Sunday, I was, was talking before the show. I, you know, you watch, you watch Cardinals game and it typically just feels, it feels like everybody in the Valley is watching the game. This is going on, right? I mean, and I know it's not the case, but that's just what it seems like every Sunday. Okay. Cardinals are playing. Uh, it did not feel that way on Sunday. It felt it, I felt like there was like seven of us watching the game on Sunday. But a game like that, that is another loss. You lose another quarterback. You still have three games left. So as as a as a guy that's on the team that's still playing, what are you what are you saying this week? What, what's right. your mindset? Uh, I mean, it's, it's a pride issue at this point. It's about preparing and, and going out there and putting your best foot forward. Obviously, as a team, everything that you hoped and wished for at the beginning of the year as far as winning the division, having a playoff spot, playing for a Super Bowl, all those things are gone. And so after that, it becomes more individualistic type things, but it's not like I'm telling you guys should be playing outside of the scheme, right? I'm talking about effort, hands, uh, uh, pursuit to the ball, effort, energy, right? Making plays within the scheme that Vance or Cliff is calling and really trying to get some type of rhythm for yourself and really some good film, right? Because who knows what's going to happen. If you if, if Cliff some way somehow gets fired in all of this, the first thing they're going to do, and I was in Buffalo when this happened, we had Rex Ryan, the new head coach is going to come in and say, okay, well, who was playing hard when they knew nothing was on the line, right? Because those are often the guys they at least hold over because they know what you're built about, right? They, you, know, you can't fire everybody, but I'm at least keep these guys because I know these guys are high-character guys that are willing to play when things aren't all nice and pretty. And, and, and to be honest, I mean, that's the majority of, of the NFL, right? It's hard to win in this league, and you have to be built like that regardless of – I just heard a thing that says, um, you know, 
a lot of people worry about the things they can acquire, right? You're always worried about what can I get out of this? And it's not that's not the important thing. As a football player, you understand it's who you become in that process if you want to be elite, right? And so that's what they that's what you got to focus on. Who am I? Who am I? Who who is the season made me so that when this thing comes around again, I am kind of prepped. I'm I'm hardened in some ways, and I can maybe help lead us through and out of it so it doesn't happen or it doesn't snowball like it did this year. It's funny when you're saying that too. Just the conversation we were having about Devin Booker the other day, you just kind of hit something right there. Of you know, Devin Booker putting up 70 points back when the Suns weren't any good, right? And Devin Booker sticking around when the Suns weren't any good. And you know, the from the outside at least, the player and the person he became through that process to me is somebody that a appreciates situation right. you're in now and b is a better player. Yeah, too. yeah. And and human nature is to find the easy way, right? Because they oh, he's gonna be out of here. He's gonna leave. He's gonna go somewhere so he can win a championship. Heard but that that's so much. But that's not what Book was focused. On. He yeah. was focused on who he was going to become in that process. He's process-oriented, right? Kobe, process-oriented. When you think about great players, they're process-oriented. Even when you talk about, the, what's the new owner's name? Matt that, Ishbia. He sounds like he's process-oriented, but right? Basketball player, Izzo, being around that system, how he runs his company, he's process-oriented, knowing that if you focus on your process, the results will eventually come, and the ones that you want to come because you're so focused on your process will be maximized. Doesn't mean that you won't face adversity but you'll maximize the success and then when adversity comes you'll be able to move through it and so that's who Book is now he's been hard and he's been through all the adversity and so he's seen a lot of things he's been on the the the, the the you know the bad side of what sports can look like, and now when things happen, he he knows how to move through them. Uh, this is just a season, right? He doesn't get down himself and get down everybody. Hey, let's let me lead you guys through this, and we we we've, we've seen that, right? How he's bounced back after having two or three bad shooting games, and this team is just so resilient because of what he's been through, and that's what you want for the Cardinals team, right? Guys, young guys that are on this team, right? Are they learn having this as a learning experience, right? So that next offseason and as this offseason comes up, that maybe their mindset is a little bit different. Maybe they train a little bit different. Uh, you know, maybe their their thought process and perspective of how what a professional looks like is a little bit different because you don't want to relive this season. No. And so if they if that doesn't change, then yeah, you're gonna continue to have this. But that's what head coaches will come in and look at who who is still playing hard, who's trying to get better, right? And they'll probably you know the, the coaching world is small. Even if guys, you know, leave, you know, guy from, you know, Vance Joseph finds another job. Whoever comes in is going to talk to a hey, Vance, man. Hey, man, who, 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 who stayed, who was fighting to the end, Vance? Let me know, right? M. Rob, who was fighting in your room to the end? Who was quitting on you, right? All that stuff matters. And so it's about being the same guy every day and always trying to get better regardless of what your situation is in. And that's what guy, that's what coaches want. That's what you really want in life. You don't want somebody that's going to change based on the situation, right? I want to see that great attitude and effort regardless of what's going around us because I know that's what's going to help us get through it. Yeah, the next two games kind of could play spoiler. Is there anything in an NFL locker room where the season's at this point that there's any pride in maybe spoiling someone else's season? Is yeah. that any, yeah, any I mean, motivation or if, anything if, at all? If, you know, if we was Washington, we was playing Dallas, right? Yeah, and we send them home, right? So some type of rivalry like that, um, I would say. So, I mean, who, the, who the, I know they got Tampa next week, and then who, who are the last Atlanta, two games? Atlanta, which Atlanta. Both are technically still alive because that division so bad. Yeah, but Atlanta, that's, there's really no connection yeah, there. Yeah. It'd be one thing if he was, like, knocking the Rams exactly, or Seattle yeah. out of the playoffs. 
then it's a little bit more, you know, let's stand up and let's do this motivation. But if it's like random teams, and who, who's the last game against? San Francisco. Yeah, so, and they're they're in it. And yeah. I, I, you know what I mean? So, yeah, it'd be nice to beat San Fran on the way out, you know, just to, hey, don't forget about mm-hmm. us. But I don't know what San Francisco's going to look like, you know, healing up. Is Shanahan going to play everybody? Because I know he's he, he has rested players in the past. So it's a lot of things that go into it. But I think at the crux of it, regardless of who you're playing, you want to go out there and showcase what you're able to do. And if you do that, you will play spoiler, right? And so I think that's just like a secondary type of mindset or a secondary benefit for you going out and focusing on your craft, your ability, and how can you become a better football player so that this situation doesn't occur again. This is uh, James Conner yesterday. This is just specifically how he's approaching Tampa Bay. Must win for us. That's how I'm approaching it. It's a must-win game. Approach it as, you know, making sure your film looks good, making sure you, you know what I'm saying, are, are respecting the game, making sure um, you're playing for something bigger than yourself. I mean, that sounds like... Yeah, yeah, saying, yeah. Right? He's, a, he's a vet, man. I got much respect for James Conner. Obviously, his foundation being built in Pittsburgh and what we all know about that organization and Mike Tomlin and, and just... Uh, so that's where he he's built. So he only knows one way, right? Even when you watch him, he only knows one way. He may not be having the, the success that you want to see, but when he's out there, he's giving it to you. Knocking cats over, running through guys, trying to make things happen. He's not a guy that's packed it in whatsoever. And you hope that guys see and respect him enough to, if you feel in a certain type of way, oh, I'm a little hurt. Well, you know, what James has been through his story and everything that he's overcome, let me follow this guy, right? And he, you know, being around him just a little bit, he's a guy that's worth following. And there's some other guys out there, too, battling through things that are standing up playing that are worth following. So jump on him. It's not it's not a, a bad thing to be a follower as long as that, that guy's going in the right direction. Long as you're following the right Right, yeah. and there's guys out there, Buddha being another one, right? There's guys out there, and it doesn't mean that these guys are perfect, but who they are daily is consistent, and it's a reason why they're in the league as long as they have been. Where you know most guys are out in, in three years, if if you're blessed enough to, to get that to that point. Text us your thoughts to the FanDuel text line at six twenty six twenty right now. We come back if Steve Kimes' tenure as GM is over in Arizona. What's the team do next? They promote from within or look outside? We'll get into that. The lowdown continues. It's Wolf and Luke with Josh Colmenter in for Wolf on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Arizona Sports. Nothing like this. Lorenzo Alexander, 15-year NFL veteran. And he is going to get sacked. Lorenzo Alexander, the former Cardinal. The Lowdown with Wolf and Luke. Brought to you by your Valley Chevy dealers. See your Valley Chevy dealers for the ultimate lineup. Yeah, Zoe is here for the lowdown. It's Wolf and Luke. Josh Colmenter is in for Wolf. Zoe, before we go any further, I, I got to bring this up. You, last week in here, set the Dallas Cowboys down this path of yes. losing out. <laughs> yes, I did. They promptly blew a huge lead to Jacksonville. Exactly. What sort of power do you have? Because you, hey. if you could do this to the Cowboys, you need to do it every hey. year. Hey, I, well, they, they do it to themselves every year. Uh, you know, I just I just speak with, with what I saw, right? They are who we thought they were. Ain't nothing different. And so hopefully they, you know, go on to another, you know, lose this week and, and the following week and the week after that, and it'd be, it'd be perfect. They may find them, themselves right there at the 
the edge of the playoffs, <laughs> scratching and crawling to get in. <laughs> Look, it'd be I'm awesome. Not, not gonna get any complaints from me. Yeah, Dallas. it'd be awesome. That's it'd so be good. the best Christmas present ever. Like I said last week. That's <laughs> all so far so good. Uh, as far as the Cardinals, the this is ch- the story has changed so much. I mean, a week ago at this time, I think it was a week ago. Steve Kahn was still the GM. There was really nothing, and then all of a sudden he's on uh, a leave of absence, and you got all this other stuff flying around, and now there's stories over the weekend. Ian Rappaport saying this. Meanwhile, tumultuous week for the Cardinals. General Manager Steve Kahn took a health-related leave of absence. There's some real doubt, I would say, that he is actually back with the Cardinals, which means they could end up needing a new general manager, which means, Rich, owner Michael Bidwell will face a decision at the end of the year. Does he bring back Coach Cliff Kingsbury, or does he clean house entirely after a lost season? Uh, Coach Kingsbury on with Wolf and I yesterday talking about the Kimes situation. Mm. Yeah, Steve's a close friend. Um, you know, we, we want him to be healthy and happy, and, and that's really the, the main concern. But it's it's been a year of distractions, and, and um, you, you hate that for your players when you're trying to win and you're trying to right the ship. Um, seems like things continue to come up. But once again, I have to compliment their prof- professionalism, how everybody in the locker room has, has handled this. All right, so we don't know all the details of Kime's actual situation. Right. So, but the just going back to the, the report there by Ian Rappaport, some of the stuff CBS had, the, the idea that the Cardinals are going to move on and look for a new GM, um, there's certainly talk of Adrian Wilson, Quentin Harris. There's right. talk of going outside the organization. Where where do you come out on this? Um, you know, I, I, I think there's two different ways. Obviously, you just mentioned internal or external ways you can look at it. Obviously, Steve was hired internally right after they he had been there, I don't know, multiple years, 15-plus years. Um, I think before he got hired, they were 5-11, 8-8, 5-11. Then he gets hired, My actually, my first year in 2013. And then we know what they did with him and B.A. working together and what that looked like and what type of team and organization um, they became. Um, unfortunately, you know, obviously with Steve's sickness and, and being out, um, things have kind of deteriorated over that over that time. But as that was occurring, I, I, I look at two guys that were, you know, a part of some of that success, right? You know, you think about Adrian Wilson, think about um, Quentin Harris as well. Um, and I know people, uh, well, if the culture's bad, everybody's bad, right? And I don't necessarily think that way. Uh, I just want to, I just, I just think these guys, you know, whoever you like better doesn't really matter, but I think these both, both of these guys have earned an opportunity at least to get consideration, right? Because I think sometimes from the outside, you think just blow up everything where it's not necessarily everybody. These are subordinates in some ways, right? And so they may have different thoughts and processes. I know as a player, knowing Adrian probably better than I know Q, um, some of the stuff that's going on from a player's perspective, he wouldn't go for. He doesn't call for it, right? I just know him as a man and as a player. Yeah. And so some of the things that we may be seeing from a developmental standpoint or guys preparing, he doesn't. he's not necessarily connected to that in my mind. That's to a man. But if he has the opportunity to be the GM, now he's probably putting him like what he was as a player. He's going to expect that from his team and organization and probably cut and release guys based on what he sees in that way, right? And so for me to say that because that's the culture now that he wouldn't be able to change that or he's a part of that, I think that's probably a little short-sighted uh, because we all right say, well, if we had, if I had my opportunity, this is the way I would do it. Now, I'm going to work with whatever leadership goes with because I'm a part of a team and I don't want to be another distraction, so I'm not going to fight you on tooth and nail where I think I would have went a different way. 
So that's why I say these guys probably have, they, well, not probably, they definitely have earned to be in that room to get interviewed, to have an opportunity to say what they would do differently, what they agreed with, and how they would move forward, along with some other candidates that are probably out there as viable as well. But I think this thing can be done internally, and just because you've been connected to something that's been bad, a la Steve, doesn't mean that you can't, if you're with the right head coach, that you guys can build something together. And maybe Cliff is that. Maybe they have a better working relationship. I, I don't know the, all the inner dynamics with their, their personal relationship. But again, Steve and B.A. was able to make something happen and look good, right? So why wouldn't Adrian with a new coach or Q with a new coach, you know, and I'm including Steve, um, Cliff in that, be able to do something as well just because a culture is bad now? You can always shift. Yeah. Going internally, I think there could be maybe less moving parts because, like you said, they know all the guys that are inside, who can do a good job, who they need to replace. I don't know if you have any experience. Um, One time I had it playing, new GM comes in. He's not tied to any of those guys, those contracts or anything. And so he has no loyalty to that, and they could blow it up more. And also, if they did a new GM, do you think that means he's going to bring his own coach too? Typically, right. And and that all depends on, because each team is so different. Um, You know, ownership says, hey, come in, do what you want, or come in, but you got to clear with me first. You know, I don't know where Michael's going to land on that in in that relationship, whether or not he's going to give the new GM full power. In Buffalo, the GM is not really over the head coach. It's more Sean is over here, Brandon is here, they're more equals, right? And they report to uh, the Pagulas. And so it's, it's different dynamics and so it's all about the structure of how you want your you know your 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 organization to run um and I think it's best when they're when the GM and coach are probably more on the same playing field, right? Because um, they they have similar roles but different roles, right? You're getting me talent, but I have to develop the talent, and so those are two different ways to look at it. And so your job is not is not more important than mine, and mine is not more important than yours. So I think where where it works best is where there's some parity, right? In in us having this 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 discussion versus you being over me and. I have to subdue you because everybody in the NFL has some type of ego. And I think when you're in those type of dynamics, if if you've been in the league long enough, sometimes things can go a weird way versus it being more of like a collective or collaboration as far as how we build our team. So we'll see which way is the best way. I, I you know, I, re- I really don't know. I think you just have to get the best person, whether it's internal or external, to get this thing going in the right direction. But to your point, yeah, if they bring somebody externally in here, you best believe the majority of the guys, there's some guys that are untouchable, right? You know, Kyler, uh, guys, guys uh, D-Hop, um, JJ, if he's, I don't know what his contract is. So, certain guys like that are normally kind of untouchable, yeah. but you may miss on some core guys that are important to a team that you don't know nothing about and you just blow it up to your point and you miss out on, oh man, why'd y'all get rid of him? He was actually part of the solution, right? But you don't have any familiarity. So I think that's why it's some, there are some pros of, of going internal just as much as some people may say, let's do externally because we want a, a big shift in, in culture and in, in perspective. Well, and the other thing about this too is if, if to your point on you just kind of have to take who the best candidate is whether they're here or not because if Adrian Wilson ends up being the best candidate let's just use him as an example and you go with somebody else you're going to lose him I mean the Giants were oh, yeah. looking at him he, so you just I mean I guess you have to be prepared for that but I think the other question that a lot of Cardinals fans were, would have and I don't expect you to know the answer to this because I don't think there is an answer yet but 
just let's say they hire Adrian Wilson. Let's say he's the guy. Mm-hmm. That doesn't guarantee Cliff's back either. Just because you're bringing back some somebody no. internal doesn't mean he's just going to keep everything the same. Right, right. And and, and again, it's, it's it's about the dynamics. You know, where is Mike on that? Is he giving Adrian full reign, or he's going to say uh, we're going to keep keep Cliff? Right. Um, I mean that's a big that's a big difference as far as how you go it because he may have a certain perspective obviously watching it watching Cliff being a player being in the front office for a long time now where he may actually have an opinion whether or not I need to shift coaches or not but he may not have the authority to do it yeah and so that's where you know things get a little dicey and then you have to work with a guy and it could be hard that maybe you don't and I'm not saying he does this with Cliff but you may not respect as much because you don't think that's the right guy for the job right so it needs to be a collaborative effort as far as figuring out what so everybody's on the right page and then you have to work through some uh, a little bit of an emotional junk there especially if you think Cliff isn't the right guy and now you're forced to work with him and put team over over self and try to figure out how can we get this thing going in the right direction that's the biggest thing right now what you just said is make sure everybody's on the same page yeah <laughs> so much I, so much stuff's up in the air right now yeah and it's so hard you gotta have over communication over communication and be open and honest and transparent in what you're thinking and what you're feeling um, I think it's the biggest thing because just like with any office workers but I'm a smile on your face but then I go and talk that man I can't stand this dude man that comes across right or yeah. people hear about it uh, and we're seeing it on the field. Anything that you had to say that was a hard truth that you didn't say in the offseason, other teams seem to be exposing it on the field. <laughs> right. so that's yeah. nice. uh, I would come back. Uh, how much is the landscape around the top of the NFL changing? Lorenzo Alexander sticking around. He's going to weigh in on that next. It's Wolf and Luke. Josh Colmenter in for Wolf on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Arizona Sports. Here we go, 15-year NFL veteran. Lorenzo Alexander joins Wolf and Luke. A guy who epitomizes class integrity and is a true gentleman the lowdown brought to you by your valley chevy dealers see your valley chevy dealers for the ultimate lineup all right it's wolf and luke we got josh Colmenter in for wolf and then we have lorenzo alexander in here for the lowdown so we're just going to go around some of these games because it was a a strange weekend around the national football league and i'm going to start with the game that uh i know you're paying attention to bills dolphins I, you know, I said this last week. I thought the Bills were just going to roll them. I thought it was a venge- yeah. revenge game in Buffalo. Like I figured right. we were looking at like, and Miami hadn't been playing great. Like, I was thinking like thirty-one to seventeen or something. Yeah, was, I probably would have been with you. Uh, it did. It wasn't as weathery. Uh, you know, it didn't flurry or snow or do any of that until late in the game. It was just cold, and they were able to run the ball. That's what the big difference. Miami hadn't been running the ball, and uh, was it Mozart? kind of ran the ball down our throats. I think he had over 100 and something yards against us. And so when you're able to do that, play action game comes alive, and then you're able to hit some of those guys. You know, Tyreek had a couple of big plays, and so, I mean, that ended up being the big difference. But if you're not able to run the ball, which Buffalo struggles with here and there, it was worse a couple of years ago. They've gotten incrementally better, but every once in a while it kind of rears his ugly head when teams are able to run the ball down their throats. This is uh, Josh Allen after the 32-29 win. I thought Coach Dorsey um, called a heck of a game, being patient, you know, let, trusting, trusting his guys on the field, um, trusting me, you know, to make the right decisions. Um, so, yeah, we, he found some, some good plays that we kept going back to, and, uh, you know, our offensive line kept executing. Our running backs ran the ball hard, and, you know, just found a way. 
You and I were talking about this on Friday, so to me right now, there's four teams, and it's not like there can't be another team that gets in there. I think Cincinnati's certainly knocking on the door, but to me, it's it's Buffalo, Kansas City, San Francisco, and the Eagles in whatever order, and I'm sure other people have you know one or two different teams, but it does sort of feel like there's a group at the top right now kind of separating itself, mm. and we can get into the Jalen Hurts injury in a second, but... Um, you know, if you're looking at it from the Buffalo perspective, what you just said is maybe their one weakness. You still have to feel good about them as as one of the top two or three teams. Yeah, I mean, you definitely do. Um, um, you know, obviously losing a guy like Von Hurts, but they're getting healthy everywhere else. Uh, but I think another great game to kind of look forward, which should be a five-star game, is going to be when they play the Bengals. Uh, I think next weekend, not this week, but the following week. And so cause that's another team I think that's kind of ascending. And to your point, it's kind of sitting there right on the cusp of do they belong or not? And I think every week they've been answering the bell, and they have a guy in Joe Mixon that can run that rock down with the best of them. And, and that's not even to talk about what Joe Burrow and that pass receiver can do. So when teams are able to run the ball, play action, that can they can at least keep themselves in the game and keep up with Josh and that offense. And so um, I'm confident what they'll be able to do because they've been there. Um, now it's time to kind of get over that hump, and I think they'll have that ability, especially if they're able to hold on to that number one seed, get that by get really healthy and be able to uh, run through some teams once they get back on the field. Um, I'm going to ask both of you about this team, Josh, because it is your team, but Detroit and then Zoe. Oh. <laughs> like how real is Detroit? Because Detroit, they just yeah. keep winning each week. Very yeah, good. I, I mean, yeah. it's been a crazy turnaround. One and six, giving up a ton of points, but scoring a lot of points. And that's one thing Detroit consistently over years just haven't been able to stop people yeah and now for all of a sudden the defense to be able to make this big turnaround um i certainly didn't see it coming but it's um just been a fun ride to watch i mean they have a lot of good talented skill positions and they're protecting they're running the ball um and now they're playing defense and it's been um you know one of the better turnarounds in season to go you know, one and six, and then six and one. That's the thing. You don't accidentally win six out of seven games. And so, yeah. I mean, Buffalo was the one team that beat them, and that was on Thanksgiving, and Detroit was in that game, yeah, too. Yeah, yeah, it's 33-30. Um, and I definitely see this team because, I mean, they're physical. They play hard, right? They they have that mentality of their head coach in a lot of ways. He set the tone in Dan Campbell for that organization, and now they're figuring it out how to put it all together. And I think because he's had a lot of great assistant coaches that also played the game, that that aren't as high intense intensity or don't display high intensity like he does all the time Nobody right does. right <laughs> cuz he's on like a whole nother level <laughs> but when you think about like an Antoine Randall or Mark Brunel um and there's probably several other coaches at least two or three others I can't think of their names right now but talking to guys they're more laid back in a sense as far as the way they deliver I think that's really meshing well with the messaging and consistency and but and not feeling like I have to do this all the time right and now they're really playing some good some good football and just looking at it I mean obviously Seattle's on the down tick they play the Niners and they, they're gonna the Lions have an opportunity with their last three games to, to get in this thing and obviously I would like to see the commanders got in I think they got a little messed over uh, this past weekend so I think they're going to end up getting that last spot, that seven seed, uh, based on the way they've been playing and looking at who they match up these last three games. Yeah, they they uh, they have like an all star team of former players as coaches with the guys you just named. I know they have what they have Deuce Staley, Deuce, they have couple, they that's have, another they one. They had yeah. Aaron Glenn. I mean, that's like that's basically yeah. the, if they if there was ever like a competition of coaches putting together teams, I think the Lions would definitely win that. Uh, and then there's this clip, of course, from the end of Hard Knocks that Aaron has with Dan Campbell. The 2022 Detroit Lions will. 
Um, number of ways I can go with that. Um, <clears throat> the 2022 Detroit Lions will be the team that can and will. That was a shortened version, right? Wasn't that the shortened version? <laughs> like, that dude is just constantly intense. Can and will. I think he wanted to say be in the playoffs, but he, his player brain, I, I can't yeah. say that. I can't say that. I can't say it. Even now he can't say it. <laughs> right. he's, still yeah, he's still not in there quite yet, but that's what he wanted to say. He's going to say, that's what I was referring to when I said we can and we will. Yeah. <laughs> they could the first part of the year. Yeah. And now they, and now they will. Now they will. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And they, I mean, they were in a lot of those games outside of right. weird Patriots game they got shut out but they were one score games a lot of them they just yep. weren't able to stop teams exactly. when they needed to and now they can that 48-45 loss to <laughs> yeah. Seattle is that what you're talking yep. about mm-hmm. uh, you mentioned a weird Patriots game that one pales in comparison to the Patriots <laughs> game on Sunday uh I have not ever seen anything like that at any level. Uh, I'm not watching a ton of, of high school, but I've never seen it in college, and I've certainly never seen it in the NFL. And so I never thought I would see Bill Belichick's team be on the wrong end of a play like that. I know, right? In a tie game. Right. Uh, yeah, they just had a mental... But, I mean, I guess it's kind of the second time it's happened to them. Miami beat them with a trick play, but that that wasn't somebody making a mistake. That was just not doing your job. So yeah. that's, that's kind of the same thing, right? Myers just had... He had to have a just a mental bus there I, it would be interesting to see if that was even the play was stevenson did he uh, initiate it right like oh let me get it out of my hands and let's try to have have something going and then meyer just kind of went with it yeah and panicked like because that potato. right because it wasn't it wasn't the plan so i don't even know if 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 that's anything has come out like was that the design play or did stevenson initiate the panic that led to meyer's doing one of the dumbest things ever, right? Because you're not even aware. Like, I'm not even thinking about doing it, so I'm not thinking about what my reaction would be because, all right, Steven's going to go down. Oh, 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 oh and, yeah. and then panic and throw, right? So I've never seen it. Um, obviously, it's unfortunate. Um, but, hey, it happens. I, I was happy for Chandler. Get yeah, a pick. Was, yeah. He's the had a rough year. The stiff nice. arm. Ah, and the goal scored. That was cool. He, he <laughs> definitely seemed like he enjoyed pushing Mac oh, Jones. Yeah. You almost want to just keep him there, right? Right. That's the only time you can actually hit the quarterback, yeah. right, when he's trying to tackle you. Surprised they didn't call a flag on that. Oh, he was too rough with the quarterback. He was trying to get out your way. Roughing the former uh, passer. Yeah. Yeah. Three passes. Yeah. <laughs> it was so weird, though, like you mentioned, for a tie game. Yeah. There, there was no need to do that but I think you're right I think if it wasn't the call it was just Stevenson got more yards than I think he thought and he looked around right oh, let's try something. something I think the panic ensued I yep. think that was it I mean I can play the Belichick cut I have it right here but it doesn't clear anything up it's them asking him after the game if, if that was intentional was there any coaching point after you had called the draw to say if you know if the play's over just fall down or go out of bounds yeah well, obviously that would have been better than the result was that said? Yeah, look, we've talked about situational football. We talk about it every week. But we obviously we've got to do a better job playing situational football and not making critical mistakes in the game. That clears nothing <laughs> up. For yeah, me. yeah. He's not going to throw anybody in the bus. He'll take care of it in-house. He's an in-house guy. Red dot you. 
Yeah. Yeah, he's like the yeah. guy that invented it, isn't Right, he? yeah. <laughs> Did you hear, I'll, <laughs> we talked about it on the air yesterday, I'll, I'll ask you about it in the break since people have already heard it, but the uh, the story Wolf told yesterday about Belichick. Uh, all right, when we come back, is the Cardinals' sense of urgency to win really need to be focused on next year? Lorenzo Alexander will stick around and weigh in on that next. It's the lowdown. It's also Wolf and Luke with Josh Colmenter in for Wolf on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.